You must know the times. Answers to 25 essential questions on end times prophecy. A powerful new book by Dennis James Woods. Wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, and floods that devastates entire communities. Global pandemics that kills hundreds of thousands of people. Social injustice, unrest, and lawlessness that threatens our societies. Where is this world heading? And what does the Bible say about the end times? You Must Know the Times is an eye-opening book specifically designed to educate readers about the last days. You will learn what the Bible says about conflicts in the Middle East, the Tribulation Period, the Nation of Israel, the Mark of the Beast, the Antichrist, Armageddon, the Rapture of the Church, and many more essential topics. Get your copy today of You Must Know the Times by Dennis James Woods at Amazon, iTunes, Google Books, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Praise the Lord, everyone. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods, and we're here with you one time, one more time with the Revelation Revolution podcast. It is so good to be back with all of you. Stand by, get ready, get your Bible, get your highlighter, get your pen and paper so you can take copious notes. We are going to have another wonderful series on the seventh trumpet in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, glory to God, is that mysterious book that is being opened up. Glory to God. As a matter of fact, in the verse three of Revelation one, it says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it for the time is near ladies and gentlemen you have just entered another exciting chapter of the revelation revolution Praise God, everybody. We just so are so happy to be back with you again for this exciting podcast. I tell you, I've been away for a while and I do apologize for that. But let me just tell you what's going on with Dr. Woods. I have just released a new book. It's called Counterfeit Charisma, The Age of False Prophets. And uh, I've been uh, doing book signings and have been called to preach Bible classes and teach people are requesting me so I am getting around and I've been busy uh, with that but I just wanted to get back to all of you so that we could pick up on our series of lessons uh, this series next series is going to be basically titled the seventh trumpet of revelation and uh, we're going to have a great time uh, but before we get into our lesson I would just like to give a shout out to some of my uh, listeners that uh, 
uh, have been following along with us and uh, basically I I am sorry that it has taken so long for me to uh, get back on the air but Colette Lucky uh, out in uh, California the Bay Area there and uh, uh, her brother Salone uh, Lucky which I get encouragement uh, from them uh, they uh, email me and text me and uh, keep me encouraged and I, I really really appreciate it uh, if they were the only two who listened to these podcasts, it would be worth it. Uh, Colette sent me a Facebook post not long ago of a ring uh, that uh, is an identification ring. It has all your information, purchasing. It it takes the place of a credit card, ID card, all of that has all your information on it. And it's a ring that you wear on your hand. And I think that's interesting because we see this uh, identifying information uh, not only in a computer chip not only on a card but on a ring that goes on your hand so now the this technology has gotten closer to your hand uh, we have uh, companies already that have chipped employees uh, in their hands and so whereas these may not be the mark of the beast itself ladies and gentlemen the technology is headed that way it's headed in that direction anybody that knows anything about banking and international finances knows that banks do not actually trade and, and deal in actual physical currency. They do deal, deal, deal with currency, but not physical currency. I, I, I own a business and uh, I, I never see money. Uh, people that uh, uh, pay for our services, uh, they send us a check. The check is put in the bank. The, 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 uh, the amount goes in an account. It says on a computer uh, what I have and blah, blah, blah. Now, I can transfer that uh, to where it manifests into money. Glory to God, if I go to the bank and withdraw dollars, it's there. Uh, But the banks aren't even required to keep all your money in the bank. Um, They're only required by, well, I won't say your money, but the banks are only required to keep a percentage of all of their uh, deposits in cash. Um, because, you know, if you were a very wealthy person, you just couldn't go to your bank and say, I, I need uh, a million, a million and a half dollars cash. A lot of these banks would need time to prepare that requisition, those dollars, because they you just can't make a withdrawal that big. You know, um, so the interesting thing is, is as we move away from paper money, the exchange of paper dollars uh, and the use of more fiat money, basically money that is created by banks and international banking system that really doesn't exist in physical dollars. It's just they say they have it. They have it. In other words, when a bank loans you money, uh, it is fiat money that uh, uh, basically no one actually usually do, does not turn into money. Let's say if you go and borrow $10,000, they give you a check or they put that money in your account. Uh, and then let's say you have to use that money for a down payment on a home. Okay, so when you go to the uh, the closing, you don't bring 10000 actual dollars. You bring a check, a certified check. That's what they take uh, with, with those funds on it. Then that's deposited into their account and, uh, and that number shows up in their account and then they're able to 
to pay their bills and all of that and make their payments out to everybody else and no dollars have actually changed hands and so the thing is is we're getting away quickly from a paper physical money uh, trading in actual dollars uh, to a completely electronic system and so uh, the John over 1900 years ago uh, saw that there would eventually come a system where there's an international banking system a centralized international banking system where everybody on the globe is tracked uh, glory to God where everybody is is is, is tracked and um, uh, the um, uh, all the funds and all the credit ratings, your status, your health status, all these things are all uh, 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 tied together in one central database on you. And so eventually what happened is, is when you go into a store or something like that, uh, under the mark of the beast, you'll be able to buy and sell uh, under that mark that's on your forehead or your hand. The thing is about that, though, it won't happen on a slide. Uh, that's not going to happen like that. What's going to happen is the people who get the mark of the beast will have to swear allegiance to the beast that he is God. And so that would be the defining factor. And that's how you'll know it's the mark of the beast. You, the mark of the beast is not just going to happen up on you. This is people are knowingly going to do this now. Uh, and, and But that's still going to make it very difficult for people. Because the bottom line is, is people who are living at the time. Glory to God, if you got jobs, if you have homes, your kids are in school. How do you pay your light bill, your gas bill, your mortgage? How do you do anything? If you do not swear allegiance to the beast, you will be cut off on all financial tracking financial capability uh, right now a bum with no job no place to stay can walk in a whole find five dollars on the sidewalk and walk into a whole foods and buy a loaf of bread uh, glory to God he wouldn't even under the mark of the beast he wouldn't even be able to do that because you would need the mark to buy or sell uh, so uh, that would get rid of all black market transactions that would do away with uh, identity theft. It would do away with every ill that we have with our financial system from all of the weaknesses that can be exploited because glory to God, it will be a system where so as we, you know, get closer to uh the technology allowing us to do all of these things, you're going to see more and more innovations in technology when it comes to identification and economics being merged together in such a degree they can come in the form of this ring that uh, is uh, uh, on the internet uh, that. Uh, that I, that I was able to see. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are living in very, very, very interesting times. Another thing before we get into my lessons, I, lesson, I strongly encourage you to get my book, Exalt Thyself as an Eagle, a prophetic call to turn this nation around. That book is based on the prophecies of Obadiah where I could correlate the prophecies that were given by Obadiah to the ancient Edomites. Uh, and this prophecy 
given to the Edomites, which was fulfilled historically, also aligns very closely with modern-day America. Very, very closely. As a matter of fact, let me read a piece of it to you so you'll understand exactly what it is that I'm saying. So we're going to go to the book of Obadiah. It only has one chapter. And we're going to read from the King James Version. Beginning at verse number two, it says, Behold, I have made thee small amongst the heathen. That word heathen in the King James is nations. As a matter of fact, let me switch over to the NIV. Now, let me say, I'll stay with the King James. Okay. Behold, I have made thee small amongst the heathen. Thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart have deceived thee. Thou that dwelleth in the clefts of the rocks, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagle, and though thou set thy nest amongst the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Now, let's go over to the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Listen to how it says this. Look, I will make you insignificant amongst the nations. You will be deeply despised. Your presumptuous heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rock, in your home in the heights, who saith to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? Though you seem to soar like an eagle and you make your nest amongst the stars, even from there will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Now, the interesting thing about this prophecy is this, ladies and gentlemen. It indeed historically is talking about the Edomites. Glory to God. The Edomites are the descendants of Esau. The interesting thing about Esau, Esau was the uh, eldest brother of Jacob, twin brothers. And it was Esau who was the red one. The word Esau actually means red hairy and red and the word Edom means red the interesting thing is the Edomites ended up settling in a part of what we know as modern day Jordan in the elevated cliffs of red limestone and granite 
If you look at what you do is don't take my word for it. Look at the ancient city of Petra. And look at the ancient temples, temples that were carved out of the solid red stone. It was Esau who sold his birthright for a bowl of red soup. So the word Edom, where the word Edomites, descendants of Esau, became a great nation. Now, because they lived so high up in the elevated, because they lived in at a high elevation, in a solid stone, red stone, the it was difficult to attack them. Their habitation was high, literally and economically. Economically, because in those mountains they had great deposits of copper and iron. And so that added to their national economy. Not only that, the trade, the main trade routes passed through their territory. And so they made a lot of money on tariffs and all of that. So they were, and then in the fertile valleys between the mountains, they had a lot of agricultural uh, uh, richness as well. And so the Edomites were very well positioned. They were a powerful nation. They had a, they had a powerful army. They were a nation that that was bent on towards violence because Edom was a warrior he was like a wild he was like a wild man and the Edomites had a long history of harassing Israel and all of that and so but they were a very warlike people as well so all of these things correlate with America they were a nation that who, because of their wealth, because of their resources, because of their agriculture, because of their military, and because geographically they were situated in a place where they were almost impervious to attack. All of these things align specifically to America. America has two oceans on either side of it. It is geographically positioned. Glory to God. All, and, and not quite impervious to attack, but almost. I mean, nobody's completely impervious to attack, but geographically, our, our enemies are on the other side of the world because we are surrounded by two oceans. We have plenty of agriculture. We have plenty of natural resources. We have iron. We have we have all. We have iron. We have oil. We got a lot of this. A lot of these things. We have a very powerful military. Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, we have a high standard of living like the ancient Edomites did. And this is why the Bible says the pride of your heart has deceived you. You know, when you hear Donald Trump talk about we're the most powerfulest nation on the world, we have the most powerfulest military, we have this and we have that. That goes to the mindset and the psyche of American pride that, you know, that we're it. And that's how the Edomites thought. 
Not only did we have a pride, a very prideful spirit as a nation, but we had, but the uh, Edomites and, and America have military power that we could, that this is why we have military bases in 140 countries around the world and military bases and our arms are all over the world. Glory to God. No one has a military base in the United States, but our soldiers are stationed all over the world. Our Air Force, our Marines, our Army, our Air Force, all of these things are, 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 uh, uh, are in other countries. We protect other countries. That's why America sits in the position on this planet uh, 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 as we do. We have the, 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 the dollar is a reserve currency. In other words, it is an international currency, uh, oil and all that stuff are traded in dollars you know they uh, uh there was a move in africa by uh Qaddafi not long ago is to stop trading oil in dollars and come up with a, a united african currency that would have uh, uh, uh that would have changed the dynamics of the oil cartels and how oil was priced on the world and so of course we know what ended up happening to Qaddafi. but that's that's another story but the bottom line is ladies and gentlemen because of our military power because of our high standard of living now we do not have the highest standard of living per capita uh you would have to go over to you know places like dubai, dubai and uh, qatar and things like that where they have where the average citizen has a much more higher uh per capita earnings but they're not a superpower they they have a higher per capita but yeah there's a lot of stuff they don't have in those countries even though the average the the average citizen there would be wealthier than us there are other places uh that have a higher standard of living per capita than the United States does but there's no place on earth that has all you take it as a total package there's nobody like it so the bottom line is and so we have our military over there not only that ladies and gentlemen our symbol is the eagle but the interesting thing about our symbol being the eagle ladies and gentlemen is not just since the uh, since uh, America was colonized that the eagle was a part of the this geographic location actually the indigenous people long before the white man came to America the eagle was one of its uh, uh, was was like a god to the Indians oh I had started I've used that word a god to the indigenous or the, the uh, Native Americans a uh, glory to God so even before the white people came over here before it was colonized before the Europeans came here and adopted the the uh, national symbol of the eagle which some people wanted to actually be a turkey believe it or not but it, it ended up being a, a adopted as our our national symbol but not only is it that ladies and gentlemen the prophecy said though you exalt yourself as the eagle and though you set your nest amongst the stars now ladies and gentlemen nest amongst the stars that's the only place in the bible where that phrase is found it isn't it isn't even found anywhere else glory to god and so it just so happens you have a country that that aligns in all these areas has a symbol as an eagle and also literally has a nest in the stars america leads the space space race glory to god we have a bit a larger a network of satellites we even have space stations not only that we have the hubble space telecraft uh, telescope that is up there peering out into far space glory to god even recently a uh, president trump just reenacted nasa they're talking about doing 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 missions back to the moon so that then we could uh, from there launch a missions to mars and also, uh, President Trump was just talking about a space force. 
Glory to God. Even Ronald Reagan was talking about Star Wars, a network of uh, missile defense system uh, 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 and uh, 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 lasers and all of this to be able to shoot down ICBMs and uh, protecting our country from space. Uh, this is why we have GPS. Our phone calls bounce off of satellites. Our our cars use uh, global positioning satellites so that uh, uh, it's, it, they bounce off of one another. And as your car is driving, the satellites know where you are because it's looking down from space at, at, at space satellites that are stationary satellites that are, are, are not in orbit but are stationary. Uh, glory to God. And then we have other military things. We have all kind of stuff that's out in outer space. So we literally have a nest amongst the stars. Now, the interesting thing about all of this is now a person would say with well, Dr. Woods, you know, that's far fetched and it's talking about the Edomites. It has nothing to do with looking at America. And I agree when the prophet Obaziah wrote this prophecy, he had no idea about a nation called America. I am not saying he knew. I'm not saying that. But the God that gave Obadiah that prophecy knew it would be a nation called America. The God that gave Obadiah the prophecy knew there would be a nation in the last days, in the last generations, who would have a symbol as an eagle, who would literally have a nest amongst the stars, which couldn't happen until the 20th century. A glory to God. And now here we are in the 21st century, and you even have uh, uh, private companies talking about uh, uh, having excursions out into outer space because now space has become the domain of people and now we have nests up there. We have stations up there. We have satellites up there and a lot of our technology is because we have space technology. And a lot of the innovations that we have today are leftover technologies from our space program. Glory to God. The interesting thing about this prophecy, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Man, y'all done got me going and I, I haven't even taken, get to my revelation of uh, the seventh trumpet yet. But listen to this. Let's go down to the 15th verse. The 15th verse of Obadiah. For the day of the Lord is near against all the nations. As you have done, so it will be done to you. What you deserve will return on your own head. Glory to God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that one verse just changed the entire focus of Obadiah. Before verse 15, that's all historic. Talking about the Edomites. But the minute you get to verse 15, and it says, for the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, that's the wrath of God. That's the stuff in Revelation. That's the stuff that's in Daniel. That's the stuff that's in Ezekiel 38 and 39. That's the stuff that's in Zechariah. That's the stuff that's in Joel. That's the stuff that's in Daniel. 
That's the stuff that's in Matthew 24 and, and, and Luke 21 and Mark chapter uh, and, and in Mark. Glory to God. So the minute you say the day of the Lord, that's eschatological. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, Obadiah is not just historical. Obadiah is also futuristic. And because Obadiah is futuristic, now the nations that are in play in the day of the Lord scenario are all of your end time nations, which includes America. It includes Russia, it includes Libya, it includes Ethiopia, it includes Israel, it includes America, it includes everybody that's here now. So Obadiah isn't just historic. Obadiah is futuristic. And the God that gave Obadiah that prophecy against the Edomites also knew there would be an America. There would be a, a, a nation with a, a symbol of an eagle. There would be a nation like America who has a nest in the stars. There would be an America that has a high ha habitation, but who is so powerful and so rich and has so plenteous that they say in their hearts, who can bring me down to the ground? Our own president saying there's not another nation on earth that could overtake us. We we are the ones who have our bases in other places. We are the ones who have all the technology and the carriers to be able to do what America does. So now that puts the light on it, puts on, it changes it a, a great deal. Once you went into the future with the day of the Lord at Obadiah, you don't just have a historical text, you have a futuristic text. Glory to God. Let's go back to the first verses. Glory to God. Look at what it says. Verse number six. It says, How Esau will be pillaged, his hidden treasures searched out. Everyone who has a treaty with you will drive you to the border. Everyone at peace with you will deceive and conquer you. In other words, your allies are going to turn on you. This is why the Bible says, glory to God, going back to the second verse let's read it in the King James behold I have made thee small amongst the heathen or small amongst the nations the word small there implies being made insignificant this is why the Holman translation translates it this way I will make you insignificant among the nations now that's interesting ladies and gentlemen
Because to be made insignificant means smaller countries that used to fear you no longer fear you and you are not the big threat like you used to be. So I want you to think about this. It says, God says, I'm going to make you insignificant amongst the nations. In other words, this is God saying, I'm going to turn it to where when you used to be the glory of the nations, you used to be the stuff, you used to be when nobody dared challenge you, I'm going to make you insignificant to where small people, small groups, terrorist groups, small rogue nations, where they're going to start challenging you. I'm going to make you insignificant. I'm going to make you insignificant. I'm going to make it so that I will give you presidents. I will give you governments. I will give you things in America that's going to cause you not to be respected the way you used to be respected. I'm going to make you insignificant. That's what God says. I'm going to make you insignificant among the nations. You will be deeply despised. In other words, people are going to hate you around the world. And this is exactly what is happening to America. And it is being put on a fast track, unfortunately, under the Trump administration. While we taught make America great again, we are becoming the laughing stock of the world with all the chicanery that is going on in the White House and all of the fake news and all of the falsities and all of the mudslinging and all of the flip-flopping and going back and lying and the dishonesty and all of these things. He said, I'm going to make you insignificant. I'm going to make you small amongst the nation. And while you at it, you're going to be greatly despised. Anyone who travels around the world know that people do not like Americans. Glory to God. They like our money. They like that. But you get a, get away from the tourist place and find out what people actually feel about Americans. You would be surprised. You think Japanese love us having a base there in their country after nuking those people and defeating them in war? The reason why our military, our Navy and our Marines are still stationed, the reason why we still have some Navy bases and stuff there and other military assets is because after World War II, the treaty we wrote in, which forbid them to ever get nuclear weapons, and we basically said we'll be the ones who protect you. Glory to God. But do you think the average Japanese likes Americans being there in their country? They don't. I've been to Japan. I was in the Navy. I know how they feel. The, the, do you think the Filipinos liked us being there with Clark and Subic Bay, that Air Force Base and all that? After Marcos fell, they put us out of there. Glory to God. Because we don't see ourselves as a colonial type of nation. We don't see ourselves as people that occupy, go to other places and occupy. Oh, we're Americans. We just got a base there. Well, that's what having a base in another country is. You're occupying. You got your weapons on, 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 on somebody else's soil. You got your soldiers on somebody else's soil. There ain't no German bases here. There's no Japanese bases. There's no South Korean bases here. We don't have that. We wouldn't allow that. We do it to other people, though. What country has their nuclear missiles in their base in our country? Nobody. Nobody has that. 
but we have it in other people's. And so this is part of the reason why the Bible says you will be greatly despised. Now, I'm not saying America is the worst place in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the prophecy of Obadiah correlates very good with America, particularly since it is also futuristic. So he says, glory to God, he says, you're here. He says, not only will I make you insignificant, he said, I'm going to make your allies turn on you. I'm going to make the people that would treaties disrespect you. I'm going to make them be the ones who benefit from your overthrow. Glory to God. Though you exalt yourself, let's go back. Glory to God. Verse number two, I will make you insignificant amongst the nations. You will be deeply despised. Your presumptuous heart has deceived you. In other words, as it says in the King James, your, the pride of the, your heart has deceived you. It says you have been deceived. Because you have all this military weaponry, because you have all of this uh, 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 stealth bombers and nuclear power aircraft carriers and, I, uh, and nuclear power ICBM missiles, and you've got all of these weapons in space, you've got all this stuff, you've got all the money. Like Do Do uh, Donald Trump, President Trump said, we spend 10 times the amount of any other nation in the world on this military. The closest nation to us is, is, is one of these is Russia or somebody like that we are the ones who sit on the top of the hill on the world and so the world we there's a standard that is expected for America but whenever you at the top that means people hate you people that do not like you glory to God so with all of your money with all of your wealth with all of your resources with all of your power with all of your banking with all of your money being a reserve bank uh, reserved uh, currency uh, with all of the assets that you have and all of the international power you have the Bible says the pride of your heart has deceived you he said God said I'm gonna make you small amongst the nations I'm gonna reduce your influence and you're gonna start getting challenged from people who would have never stood up to you glory to God you will be deeply despise your presumptuous heart have deceived you you who live in the clefts of the rock whose habitation is high in other words you got a high standard of living you're so wasteful you got so much food you have so much clean water you've got so much everything that you're wasteful you're fat and overweight glory to God you're unhealthy with all of your resources with all of that you because you live in a capitalistic society where the dollar is king you sell poisonous food on your food shelf you sell things that are killing people you sell them in your stores so you have an unhealthy country you have you have a you have a compromised compass when it comes to morality because what's chief in your heart is gain as a nation and that's what happens happens when you're all capitalist glory to God so your habitation is high. Your standard of living is high. 
And because you live so good and because you are geographically positioned and you have a great military and great wealth and all of that, because you have all of these things, now we go to the next part. What you say, you though you because you dwell in the clefts of the heart uh, of the rocks whose habitation is, is high, then you say, who can bring me down to the ground? In other words, who is more powerful than the United States? Who can overthrow us? Who can take us out? Who can defeat us militarily? Who can take our economics down? Who can defeat us? With our bases all over the world, with our power and influence, with our CIA working to overthrow governments, we're, we're complaining about Russia. America, through the CIA, has been overthrowing governments and controlling elections for decades. We, are, we as a nation are at the height of hypocrisy, worrying, worrying about what Russia is doing. When we do the same thing to Russia and everybody else. Glory to God. Go to Dennis James Woods on YouTube, my YouTube channel, and look at the three lectures that I do on my book, Exalt Thyself as the Eagle. Glory to God. And it says, who can bring me down to the ground? Then verse 4 says, though you exalt yourself as the eagle. Another coincidence, ladies and gentlemen. Now just look at all these coincidences. Coincidences. Followed by a phrase that's found nowhere else in the Bible. And set your nest among the stars. Now let me ask you a question. Of course Obadiah did not know about America. Of course he didn't. He's only a human being. But let me ask you this question. Do you not know that God knew? So when God was writing this prophecy through Obadiah, he wrote it full well knowing that there would be an America that fits this exactly in the future. Now again, so far as the grammatical historical context, we're talking about the Edomites. We're not saying that Obadiah is talking about America. We're not saying that. But I am saying the God that gave the prophecy to Obadiah is the same God who allowed America to be a nation in the first place. He was the one who knew with all the innovations that we understand, glory to God, on this planet, out of all the things that America has meant to the world, God, of course, he knew. Of course, he knew where he was. Of course, he knew there would be a nation with a symbol of an eagle. That wasn't that wasn't particular to being colonized, but the symbol of the eagle was already an important symbol over here before the before the Europeans even came. So it's not just since the Europeans. I talk about that in my book. We're not making that claim. The eagle was already an exalted symbol before the colonists even got here. Which makes the point even more. And it just so happens when we went into outer space, glory to God, the Russians were first in a lower lunar orbit. Then we did a further, uh, an outer space actually orbit. So we were the first ones to go in outer space. But we'll never will forget the day when they went to the moon. Glory to God. And those words, glory to God, 
that were uttered by, I believe, Alan Shepard. Don't get me, I'm not looking at my material, so it was, it was Shepard or one of those guys who said, the eagle has landed. The eagle is such an ingrained symbol of America that when we did begin to set our nests amongst the stars, the first human footsteps on an extraterrestrial body, celestial body called the moon, in the history of the world was declared to be the eagle has landed. Though you exalt yourself as the eagle and though you set your nest among the stars, from there, now listen to the wording, ladies and gentlemen. We're not talking about the colonial America. We're not talking about the 17... 76 America. We're not talking about the 1865 America. We're not talking about the 1945 America. This setting the nest amongst the stars that occurred in the 60s, late 60s. Early 70s. So that means when the prophecy came, it was talking about a futuristic nation also. How do we know that? Because Obadiah is also eschatological. It's also talking about the day of the Lord. Glory to God. For the day of the Lord comes what it says, let's go back to verse number 15. It's important. For the day of the Lord is near against all the nations. Okay, now listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's assume that my hypothesis is completely out of whack. And none of this makes a difference. And it's all Dr. Woods, you just connecting the dots here and it's crazy. Okay, let's, I, I can accept that. All right. How do you account for verse 15? For the day of the Lord is amongst all the nations. All of one of the nations that's in these end times is America, ladies and gentlemen. And look what it says. As you have done, so it will be done to you. Oh my God. Are you talking about OMG? Exclamation point. That's an OMG exclamation point. Oh my God. As you have done, it shall be done to you. The average American has a very, very good impression of America. What I want you to do is I want you to go to the internet, go to my YouTube channel, and watch my three series on Exalt Thyself as the Eagle. Series 2, 
Glory to God. And three. In the third series, I'll name all of the coups, well, a lot of the coups, that were backed by the American CIA to overthrow governments in other parts of the world. Stuff that's well known. For example, the Shah of Iran. CIA and British intelligence involved in putting the Shah in office. That's how you got a pro-Western, pro-petroleum leader that was at the beckoning call of America. So what ended up happening? In 1980, they rose up against him. They, they took our embassy, kicked us out of Iran. Ladies and gentlemen, we were so hunky-dory with Iran that when I was in the Navy... We were selling our Spruance class ships at the time. Spruance class was our were our newer newer design of ships. Our F six fourteens. We didn't have sixteens then when I was in. Our F fourteens and everything. We were selling them to Iran. I have talked to Iranian sailors myself in San Diego. At the Naval Training Center, sitting down in the Enlisted Man's Club, drinking beer and talking with Iranian sailors. They used to train their sailors in America. And the reason that relationship was going is because our government put a pro-Western regime in power so we could control that nation for their oil and keep a friendly ally. But the Revolutionary Guard, Ayatollah Khomeini, they rose up against our government and put us out. That's why they seized the embassy and all of that. Ladies and gentlemen, I was on Gonzo Station, that's what it was called, in the Indian Ocean, when the rescue attempt was launched, I saw the H-53 helicopters on the uh, uh, carrier deck that launched from the USS Nimitz. The six helicopters that went in in the failed rescue attempt. I literally saw the aircraft. You know why I saw them? Because I was on a ship called the USS Mars. AFS-1. We were a supply ship. So what our job was, was to come alongside the other ships and do what they call an unrep. An unrep is an underway replenishment. It's what it's called. If you use helicopters, it was called a vert rep or vertical, but we did, we were doing an unrep. So that means they would shoot lines over from one ship to the other. They would have these, these pulley system and we could send whole crates of food, pallets of food could go from one ship to the other. They had these zip lines and we had to come alongside of the USS Nimitz. We had their mail. We had a bunch of stuff that was given to us, glory to God. And so we would replenish 
It was called an underway replenishment. That's what unrep mean, underway replenishment. And so the bottom line is, is while they were alongside us, I looked over there and seen them helicopters, but didn't none of us know what they were there for. So what they got those H-53s, they were colored, they were sand colored. I saw them myself. And we, no one knew it was a top secret mission. No one knew what the, what was going on until we got the word that that mission had launched and failed because it was on the news. I actually saw those helicopters. But the whole reason why that whole thing went down, ladies and gentlemen, is because we, the CIA and uh, uh, the British were also involved with putting the Shah of Iran in. This is many countries around the world where America's CIA has been involved and putting in pro-American regimes so we could control the economics and the resources of another country. The Bible says, as you have done to others, it will be done to you. We don't even have to talk about things like slavery. We don't have to talk about the uh, near uh, genocide of the Native Americans. We don't have to talk about wars like Vietnam, which was a sham war that we had no business in, no business staying. And they admitted today, all you have to do is watch the PBS series on the Vietnam War. It was a war that Johnson did not want to be in. But once we got in it, glory to God, we had to stay in it, even though we would b try to bomb them people out of existence. That's because our pride and our arrogance say we got technology, we got bombs, we'll just bomb them from the air. You can't defeat no country. Now, Vietnamese, the Vietnamese uh, country, uh, 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 army in comparison with ours was a ragtag army but they kicked our butts and we had to leave Vietnam with our tail in between our legs because we could not defeat them people no matter how many bombs we dropped on them no matter how much carpet bombing that's what that's because oh we're the powerful America we'll just destroy you from the air yeah right you're not taking nobody else's country from there without a fight Glory to God. Though you exalt yourself as the eagle, and though you set your nest amongst the stars. Now listen, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not an America hater. This is my home. It's where I grew up. I've been to other countries. I've been to many countries. This this America's the place to be. On many for many reasons. But America has some serious issues. Glory to God. Many of them we are seeing play out on Pennsylvania Avenue right now. 1600 Pennsylvania. We are seeing it. Because Jesus says in the last days, nation should rise against nation. The Greek word there is ethnos. It means people group, races. Not just here in America, it's happening around the world. Ethnic groups are against, against one another. That's why the racial tensions are picking up in America. 
No matter how much they say the economy is getting better, no matter how much they say this or that, the world, not just America, is headed in a direction for a world that will be controlled by the Antichrist. There's nothing that no one can do about it. I don't care who is the president. I don't care who is the king in England. I don't care who is the prime minister in Russia, whatever. We are all headed on a predetermined path. Everybody has got areas where they screwed up. I'm not, uh, the first African-American president did uh, uh, pass laws that made me sick. Glory to God. Because it, it, it signaled the decline of morality here in America. But not just him. Not just 45 President Donald Trump. It'll be with 46 and we're 47. How many years we go? America's headed on a path. Just like all the nations. But the Bible is very specific. As you have done to others, it will be done to you. Before I leave in this segment, we're going to have to pick up with the seventh trumpet later. Because, you know, I got to do what God tell me to do. When I was in the Navy, I was stationed on a guided missile cruiser named after a World War II naval hero named John England. It was called the USS England Cruiser CG Cruiser Guided Missile 22. When I got on that ship in December 1974 the commanding of that officer of that ship was a captain by the name of John M. Poindexter Dr. Poindexter and I talked because I was a signalman visual communications and the signal shack was located right behind the bridge And the bridge is where the captain, where the captain sits, and it's the looking forward on on the ship. That's where they, the pilot, you know, it's called the bridge. Behind that, in the superstructure, was the signal shack. So we were on the same level. I was just further back. So I would, I would always be up there. I would always talk with him. Uh, he was a brilliant man. He was a nuclear physicist. I believe he was trained by uh, Admiral Rickover, who was the head of the nuclear navy. I'm believing that's correct. But Poindexter was a genius, a brilliant man. He even looked—he was one of the people that looked smart. And before he left, he went to Washington. They recruited him for Washington. He went to D.C. around 1976. Before he left, I wrote him a poem predicting that he would be a great man one day. In the poem, I called him the Chief of Naval Operations. That was well, the Chief of Naval Operations would have been one of the uh, cabinet uh, uh, joint chiefs of staff, the military guys, the head of the Navy, the head of the Air Force. Uh, 
uh, and they they uh, they're they're cabinet members. Poindexter did not become chief of naval operations. Poindexter became national security advisor. I was off an officer too, but I predicted it. John Poindexter was the national security advisor under Ronald Reagan. One of the things that Ronald Reagan did not like is that we had a communist regime in Central America down in Nicaragua. Basically, they were called the Sandinistas. He wanted them overthrown. He wanted them shut down. However, Congress would never cast a uh, appropriate money in bringing that enterprise to pass because the group he wanted to use, the Contras, were known to have some activities with the Colombian cocaine dealers. So since Congress would not appropriate money for that, Poindexter and Oliver North somehow came up with a scheme that they ended up having hearings on. John Kerry was was uh, over that subcommittee. Everybody may remember in the 80s, Oliver North swearing before Congress, John Poindexter, all of them was pulled on the carpet, found guilty but given pardons. Poindexter went on to head the National Security Agency, the NSA. Just a heavyweight now. This guy wasn't no lightweight at all. He was a very analytical guy, very soft-spoken. He wasn't a boisterous guy. He wasn't bombastic, not at all. As a matter of fact, uh, Colin Powell said that John Poindexter would rather send you an email than talk to you in person. But here's what they did. Through the Contras, the Colombians were allowed a direct pipeline into the United States of the sales of cocaine. The cocaine was then at that time, the powder cocaine, but somehow the formula to rock it up into what we call today crack was also part of that deal somehow. I don't know all the details on it. But I do know that through the CIA, through a CIA operative working with a major drug trafficker from the cocaine cartels hooked up with an L.A. drug dealer and tens of millions of dollars worth of cocaine flooded into the United States through that pipeline, through L.A., with Chicago, D.C., and the crack epidemic that we know today actually started. Now, why did they allow this? The money from these transactions then went to buy arms for the Contras to overthrow the Sandinistas because our government would not provide the funding for it. 
These funds also went for the arms for hostages trade and we, where we paid the Iranians to help us get some hostage free that would be held in Lebanon. Our government, ladies and gentlemen, was involved in the trafficking or the allowance of cocaine to flood our cities to fund the war against the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. Thus, when this came out, this is why you had the contrary hearings because it was illegal. And though Ronald Reagan denied it, it came out that some of that money from cocaine sales in Los Angeles ended up in the hands of the to buy weapons for the Sandinistas. John Kerry sat over the subcommittee. As a matter of fact, I believe Sunday on MSNBC they're going to be they're going to do a special on that. And there's a movie out about it called Shoot the Messenger or Don't Shoot the Messenger. Now, the reason why this is so close to me, ladies and gentlemen, I knew Poindexter. I predicted it. I wrote a poem saying you're going to be a big shot one day. And it was true. As a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to read to you a letter that I received from John Poindexter. Uh, where is my... As soon as I can find it, it's in my scrapbook. And I'm not seeing where my scrapbook is right now. Uh, I'll find it in a minute. But anyway, when I was working for the United States Justice Department, in the mid-1980s, I was a federal corrections officer at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in downtown Chicago, which is a federal prison that is downtown Chicago. When I was going up for promotion, I wrote to John Poindexter. And I told him what I was doing. I told him congratulations for his appointment as National Security Advisor. And I reminded him that I had wrote the poem predicting that he would be a big shot one day. John Poindexter actually wrote me back and said, I remember your poem. Thank you for your congratulations for me being appointed National Security Advisor. And we wish you well in your endeavors with the Bureau of Prison. I turned that letter in in my promotion package. A week or two later, I was promoted. They say, who is this young man that knows the National Security Advisor, where the National Security Advisor is writing this guy. So, I just wanted to share that with you. Though you exalt 
yourself as the eagle. And though you set your nest among the stars, from there will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to pray for our nation. We have to pray for our political and religious leaders. We have to pray for our cities. We have to pray and ask God to have mercy and to give wisdom to these people who can make great impacts on our lives with the very decisions that they make. And ladies and gentlemen, it behooves us all as Christians to do as the Bible has suggested or tells us to do. Pray for the king. We got to pray for our president. Don't just criticize, pray. People didn't love Obama either. Just like people don't like Trump. I think Obama had more haters than anybody. I think I think he, I think he might have had a record. People hated Obama. But ladies and gentlemen, as Christians, as the Bible said, if our people, my people who are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, glory to God, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. Ladies and gentlemen, let's pray for our country for our leaders for we are going down uncharted waters in America with all the things that are happening on in the White House to Donald Trump with this op-ed in the New York Times glory to God with this new book coming out by Bob Woodard Fear and all of the other scandal that surrounds us man and just an interesting footnote if President Obama would have had one one hundredth of the scandal that this man currently has, he would have been excoriated. The Republicans would have showed him no mercy as they did all through his administration. Oh, I found my I found it, ladies and gentlemen, my scrapbook. I want to. I'm going to actually read to you word for word what the uh, the letter I got from John Poindexter. It is written on White House stationery. Says the White House, Washington, January 9th, 1986. It says, "Dear Dennis, thank you for your thoughtful words of congratulation on my recent appointment as National Security Advisor." I am encouraged by your kind thoughts and appreciate your taking time to write. With best wishes, sincerely, J.M. Poindexter, John M. Poindexter. Then he wrote in his own handwriting, I remember your poem. I hope you are as successful in your new career 
as you were in our Navy. And then he initialed that because he wrote that in his own JP. I just read from you words from John Poindexter. So, ladies and gentlemen, tune in the next time. I promise you we will get to the seventh trumpet. <laughs> but sometimes that's how God does me. Uh, I'll be on one thing and he'll take me in a completely different dire direction. Now, exalt thyself as the eagle. You can buy it on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, Christian book distributors. You can buy it Indigo Chapters in Canada. It's available in the UK. It's available all over the world. Glory to God. You can't get it on the shelves in Barnes & Noble, but you can go in and order it. Exalt thyself as the eagle. A prophetic call to turn this nation around by Dennis James Woods. You can also download it from iTunes, Google Play, Kindle, Amazon Kindle, and uh, a Barnes & Noble Nook. Get the book. It is You will be surprised how much research and look, read my book and then look at where we're going right now. I'm telling you, you will be amazed. This is Dennis James Woods and this has been The Revelation Revolution. <laughs>